1984, pastors Jean and Sue started Faith Christian Center in a hotel ballroom. But for the past 36 years, they have taught people how to practically apply the Bible to their everyday lives. Over the years, God has blessed us and the church has grown. Faith Christian Center is now located on a beautiful 73-acre campus in the heart of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We believe the best is yet to come. Today's message will encourage you, inspire you, and teach you how to experience God's best in every area of your life. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God, and it is the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am, seated right now in the heavenly realms, in Christ Jesus, in the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine, and I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert. My spirit is receptive as I'm taught the Word of God. My life is changed for the better, and I will never be the same again. Amen. Give a dozen people a high five, and then you may be seated this morning. Well, as we begin this morning, let me assure you that I wish you love, I wish you joy, I wish you every happiness, I wish you physical health and length of life, I wish that your life would be as full and as blessed and as fulfilling as ours has been, I wish you love. Now, right off the bat, he's telling me to, to rehearse a story. Bud Sickler is a name that's foreign to you. He was an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. He pioneered over 7,000 churches. It's hard to believe. There was a, the first uh, T.L. Osborne revival in Mombasa, on the island of Mombasa in the 50s. One night flying from St. Louis to London, T.L. told me that he preached everywhere as good as he preached in Mombasa, but nobody came up with 7,000 churches but Bud Sickler. So, see, there is the word, there is the anointing, but then there's also the work. Somebody's got to do the work. Amen. And uh, so he told me and Sue this story that, you know, this was way back. These were, I think, Depression days. They went over to be missionaries to Kenya, and their first assignment was up what they called up country. And when they got there, nobody was wearing clothes. I mean, it was, they were like the original missionaries in that part of Kenya. And so they start preaching the gospel. And months and months later, he was, one day he was praying and telling the Lord he needed more money for his mission. You know, of course, you're doing a mission. You're winning people to Jesus. You need property and you need land. Uh, you need a building. You need to build a building. And so he was telling the Lord he needed money. And the Lord rebuked him and said, 
don't ever pray to me about money like this while you're robbing my people. And the, but of course, he was such a good man. And he protested to the Lord. He said, Lord, I, I'm not robbing your, your people. He said, I haven't taken a goat or a chicken from these people. And the Lord said, you're robbing my people because you're not teaching them my word on tithing. And Bud protested again, and he said, Lord, I can't teach these people tithing. He said, most of them don't even own a goat or a chicken. How can I teach them tithing? They don't have anything. And the Lord said to him, that's it, that's it, that's it. You're just like so many of my other servants. You are killing my people with human mercy. See, there's a thing going on in our in Western society, not just our culture, not just our, our country, Western society, and, and that is that exceptions have to be made for this group or that group because you're too dumb and you're too stupid to comply. Right. You know, we'd be better off as a nation if everybody was treated exactly the same. And so last Sunday, you know, we're doing our best to teach and preach the Word of God, and a former uh, Word of Faith minister disavows tithing. Well, there's a story behind all of this because he's a former Word of Faith guy because he's been locked down two years. Two years. So he got on the COVID train. And then when he dares to open back up, he's horrified at the attendance. Well, what do you think's going to happen if you're closed two years? Right. Dummy. And, uh, I mean, what would happen if Neiman Marcus was closed two years and then reopened? Well, you know, it'd be slow. So his solution to his attendance issue is to disavow tithing. And the sad thing is because of the situation, him, his crowd. He's doomed millions of people in his racial group to poverty. And then it hit the news in Africa instantly. Well, he, how many Africans has he doomed to poverty forever? See, I know something most people don't know in the Easter 2018 challenge offering, which was our big push, our big challenge offering to get this property and building paid off, one of the biggest givers were immigrants from Africa. So to me, it's racism to say, well, this group over here is too dumb and too stupid to be taught the word of God. They're too stupid and too dumb to comply. So we have to make exceptions for them. When you do that, you are condemning them to a lifetime of poverty. Right, amen. And I just believe my Father God is an equal opportunity blesser. Amen. Okay, so let's go back to that illustration. And because of this nonsense, you're going to be hearing this illustration probably maybe every Sunday through the week of increase. You're killing my people with human mercy. And that's, what, that's what's happening. You know, the media made a big deal out of what happened in Uvalde, Texas, and it was terrible. But it happened because of cowardice. It happened, I mean, within moments, there was a guy on site with the perp in his rifle sights and did nothing. Okay, and that was terrible. But 
Last weekend, three times as many people were shot dead in Chicago. And these mercy, mercy, mercy people don't want to admit the obvious that, I mean, nearly everybody shot in Chicago every weekend are black folk. See, if we just had the same rules for everybody, and guess who has the same rules for everybody? God. He's not going to make an exception because, you know, your mommy didn't breastfeed you long enough. He's not going to make an exception because of your color. He's not going to make an exception because of your nationality. We're, we're all held to the same standard equally. And I love it myself because <laughs> if you only knew the two completely dysfunctional people who raised me, they actually didn't raise me. I was like loose, like a, Sue says, I, I was like loose like a wolf. You know, I mean, uh, I remember playing with Billy about two-tenths of a mile from my house. I must have been about third grade, fourth grade, and I'm playing with Billy, and he said, oh, I, Gene, I got to go. I got to go home. And I said, why? What happened? And he said, well, the streetlights came on. He said, when the streetlights come on, I got to go home. And I, I said, well, okay, Billy, I'll see you. And on my way home, I thought to myself, I, I'm 66 years old and I still remember it. I thought to myself, I wish somebody told me when it was time to go home. I came down here to this house to bring you the best news, you know, if you look at our top givers here at Faith Christian Center, one of them came to me divorced and bankrupt. I mean, one of them came to me a drug addict. I mean, I came down here to bring you the best news I could possibly bring you, and that is this. It doesn't matter where you are on the 10th of July in the year of our Lord, 2022. You can decide to follow God. You can decide to pick up the word of God as your guide, and you can build something out of your life and you can make something out of yourself Amen. hallelujah. hallelujah can I get a witness here this morning amen. amen so it doesn't matter where you are right now but now wait a minute if you keep making excuses for yourself how are we going to get anywhere you know last Monday was the 4th of July. I never eat two days in a row, but I eat Sunday. And then I, well, Sue says it's the 4th of July. Okay. And I, oh my gosh. But see, I can't live like that every week of my life. You know, make excuses. Thyroid this, age that, you know, the food's poison, preservatives, whatever. Look, all, if you just make excuses for yourself, how can you change your life? And the Bible covers everything. Amen. So we just have to be doers of the word of God. I'm just going to stay with the word of God. Amen. I said, I'm just going to stay with the Bible. Hallelujah. I'm not going to go by somebody's theory, idea, or opinion. And the word's been working great. Also, let me say this, because right in my notes, we're starting out with this quote giving you uh, Smith Wigglesworth's favorite verse in the Bible. Smith Wigglesworth, that name is foreign to you. He was the greatest healing evangelist of the 19th century. 
Mark 4.28 was his favorite verse in the Bible. For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, after that the full corn in the ear. In other words, it doesn't happen instantly, it takes time. But let me say one more thing about this former Word of Faith guy disavowing tithing. I want you to see something about what is happening in our country, what is happening in our culture, and what is actually happening in Western civilization. And that is this, the arrogance is breathtaking. You know, sometimes we'll watch like an old, like a Jane Austen movie or uh, Sue's mom's visiting, so Sue wanted to watch Young Victoria. You know, so, something that has the clothes and some manners and, you know, something like old, like that. And so I said, imagine going back in those days and telling them that a man could become a woman or a woman could become a man. They, they would think you were insane. What I'm saying is, All of this has something in common, and that is the arrogance is breathtaking. So when this guy, former Word of Faith guy, uh, disavowed, he says, you know, it's all wrong. Okay, he's calling Oral Roberts a liar. He's calling Kenneth Hagin a liar. He's calling Jesus a liar. He's calling the Apostle Paul a liar. He's calling John Osteen a liar. The arrogance is breathtaking. You know how I got here? You know how I did this? You want to know the secret to the whole deal? Yes. I loved and I honored Father God. I loved and I honored his word. And here's the one people don't want to do. I loved and I honored his men. That's how I did all of this. Now, who can't do that? Talk to me. Who can't do that? I'm saying, if you're divorced, you can do that. If if you're a drug addict, you, you can do that. If you're an alcoholic, you can do that. See, you can honor God. You can honor his word. You can love God, you can love his word, and then, let me say something else too about this. God and his word are one, so when you don't love his word, you don't love God. And that right there is the answer, because I can see see it like it was three months ago, standing in Lindale, Texas, at the old Agape Force Ranch that's gone, and I'm standing by a split rail fence, and there is Winky Prattney, a preacher from Australia, and Barry McGuire, Eve of Destruction, and Keith Green. And we're standing there, and we're talking about Jesus. They were Jesus people. They loved Jesus. They were were in love with Jesus. And that's what's missing. And if you don't love the Word of God, you don't love God. And so when these preachers get woke... Because next is, you know what's coming up next? Well, fornication's okay, adultery's okay, same-sex marriage is okay, abortion's okay. See, it's a train. A young man came to me out here last Sunday, said he worked for one of these ministries 21 years, and he got fired because he wouldn't get the clot shot. And, uh, but he said he saw it in real time, that here was a ministry that was apolitical, and then they got on the Obama train. 
See, and we don't ride trains in the United States of America, but in Europe, Sue and I used to love riding trains. And you decide, when you go to the train station, you decide whether you're going to get on this train or whether you're going to get on that train. But once you make up your mind to get on a train, you do not decide where the train goes. So see, when these preachers, and I could stand here and name them, they got on the Obama train, they yielded, they yielded the word of God and they yielded their self-respect and they yielded their conscience on abortion to get on the Obama train. But see, there, once you get on the train, once you board the train, you, you're not in charge of where the train's going. Well, the first stop was same-sex marriage. And then the next stop was transgenderism. And then the next stop was COVID mania. See, in other words, you're on the train. And then we got ministers on the Trump train. Same thing, just different. In other words, see, I want you to know what you're dealing with here. I'm not joining any cult. I'm staying with the word of God. So sometimes I'm aligned with somebody for five minutes and then I'm not. Obama gave a fabulous speech talking about the importance of fathers and, and the likelihood of young men ending up in prison without a father. It was great. See, I was in agreement for three minutes. But my point is, I, I didn't board the train. So because I didn't get on the train, I'm in charge of my life. I'm not riding the train to some unknown destination because I have blind loyalty to some human being. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. In other words, keep your thinking cap on, keep your critical thinking mind going, and that's why we give you Bible references. These churches aren't giving Bible references when they refer to the Bible. We give you Bible references because we assume you're not stupid, we assume you are smart, and we expect you to check it out. And if we're right on, well, then be doers of the word of God. If you think we're off a little bit here or there, or, you know, maybe I ate too much and maybe I had a weird dream or vision, well, just throw that out. Dad Hagen used to say, eat the watermelon and spit out the seeds. Amen? Amen. So Smith Wigglesworth. See, that's one of those, that's a father of the faith of one of my fathers of the faith. Lester Summerall was my primary mentor in the gospel. Smith Wigglesworth was one of his fathers in the faith. And I'll tell you exactly where it is. I sat over there at the Hilton in North Arlington the last time Dr. Summerall was with us. It was only days later he went to be with the Lord. And he, he looked off wistfully into nowhere and he said, they're all gone. And he started naming the names of all of his fathers in the faith, all of the great men that had preceded him, the great women who had preceded him, preachers of the gospel. And he was wistful about it. And he said, they're all gone. Well, see, that's what I'm saying here. These great fathers are all gone. But somebody has got to be a father to the next generation. And you can't be a father to the next generation being a, a wussy punk. Somebody has got to preach the word of God. Somebody has got to preach the Bible. Somebody's got to stand without apology for the Bible. Somebody has got to honor the word of God. Somebody has got to love the word of God. 
because that's where the power is. See, you know what's important by what Satan is attacking. He's attacking fatherhood. He's attacking motherhood. He's attacking the family, and he's attacking the Bible. That's all you need to know. That's what's important. And then I've given you three principles of seed faith giving. This is from Oral Roberts, one of my fathers in the faith. Number one, God is the source of your supply. Number two, God wants to be first in your life and in your giving. Whatever you give, give it as seed faith. And number three, when you give, expect a miracle. Tell your neighbor, when you give, expect a miracle. Tell the neighbor on the other side, when you give, expect a miracle. When you give, expect God to use it to further his gospel and also to multiply back into your life in the form of meeting your needs and empowering you to reach your faith goals. Now, all things being equal, if you're a moral person and if you're a tithing Christian and if you are industrious, and by that we mean employed, not a slacker, what is the difference between Christians who dramatically pull ahead and others who are just kind of blessed? Well, the answer is right here in this series, the miracle of seed faith giving. I mean, think about the breathtaking arrogance of someone saying, well, we're going to take what Jesus said and we're going to take what the Apostle Paul said in the New Testament and we're just going to throw that out. Now think about the breathtaking arrogance of it because what, you're, what, what is really being communicated is that you can be a disciple, a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ and use all of your money on your pleasures. Jesus said when a student is fully trained, he will be like his master. He will be like his teacher. Is there anything in 66 books of the Bible that would lead you to believe that the godly thing to do, the Christian thing to do, is to consume all of your resources on yourself? No. I love it myself. I don't want to go down that path because I could spend an entire week of increase on this. But what I discovered was God will make up to me whatever I give. And that's why I'm able to be as generous as I am with my children. Because I just believe that God would make it up to me. That may be the Father's Day Guys Night Out message next year. Give your way to the top. Say it out loud. My great God is more than enough. And as I sow seed faith, I believe I've got more than enough being multiplied back into my life. So our premise is if our giving isn't a stretch, well, then it isn't faith. I mean, a lot of people tell us stories and they're rehearsing the same story 20, 30 years later that when they came here, they had nothing their back was against the wall. They took everything they had. They gave it into the gospel. And then God did all this super marvelous stuff and put them in a, you know, custom home and two, car, two cars under warranty. And what a great story. But if your giving is what it was five years ago, you're not stretching, right? I heard a story years ago about two men who crashed in their private plane on a South Pacific island. And both men survived the crash. One of the men brushed himself off and then proceeded to run all over the island to see if they had any chance of survival. When he returned, he rushed up to the other man and screamed, this island is uninhabited, there is no food, there is no water, we are going to die. The other man leaned back against the fuselage of the wrecked plane, folded his arms and responded, no we're not, I make over $100,000 a week. 
The first man grabbed his friend and shook him. Listen, none of that matters now. We are on an uninhabited island. There is no food, no water, and we are going to die. The other man, unruffled, again responded, No problem. I make over $100,000 a week. Mystified, the first man, taken aback with such a glib answer, again repeated, For the last time I'm telling you, we are doomed. There is no one else on this island. There is no food. There is no fresh water. We are, I repeat, we are going to die. Still unfazed, the first man looked at the other in the eyes and said, Don't you get it? I make over $100,000 per week and I tithe 10%. My pastor will find us. But if you're a member of that church in Atlanta, you better skedaddle out of there because he won't come looking for you. How many of you know Pastor Gene would come and find you? God's people typically make four mistakes in their giving. Hopefully, as you hear this message today, you will see these mistakes for what they are and counteract the temptation to give in to any of these common mistakes that are typical among God's people. First, too many of God's people aren't doers of the Word of God and don't follow biblical instructions on giving God's work 10% of everything that crosses their hands. That's the first mistake. The second is, even among many tithers, too many of God's people don't give what the Holy Spirit tells them to give above and beyond the tithe. Third, when God's people do give, most don't attach their anticipation or their expectation to their giving. That's huge. Fourth, too many of God's people separate out Sunday from Monday through Friday and don't take God to work with them so they don't perceive, they don't envision God's power at work in their lives financially on a daily basis. These are the four biggest mistakes people make. Now listen, either there's a God in heaven or there isn't. Seems pretty simple to me. Say it out loud. Either there's a God in heaven or there isn't. And so... I don't think it's that big a stretch to believe that I can, I can do better on 90% blessed by God than 100% that God doesn't bless at all. Amen. And then I don't think it's a stretch at all to believe that if the Holy Spirit leads me to give above and beyond the tithe and a missionary offering or a special guest offering or whatever it may be, that God will make it up to me. I, I just don't think that that's that big a stretch. I don't see what the issue is. I don't see what the issue is. Now, let me say something else about this. It's very convenient, isn't it? It's very convenient after a guy's got his church property, after a guy's got his great big huge private jet, after a guy's got his mansion, after a guy's got his two matching Rolls Royces to say, well, tithing doesn't matter. See, now here at Faith Christian Center, we love you and we, here's our problem. Here's our problem. Sue says that she tells me she diagnoses my problem. You want to know what Pastor Gene's problem is? And this is straight from Sue Lingerfeld. I mean, who, who could know me better? This is my problem. You ready for it? You ready for it? You ready for it? Can you handle the truth? You know what she says? She says, you want more for people than they want for themselves, and they resent it. But that's... I see you in a mansion, you know, drive, and everybody, you know what I'm saying? Somebody might want a Mercedes. Somebody might want to pick up. Somebody might want whatever you want. See, that's the way I see all of y'all. 
blessed. And your children living for the Lord. And then, you know, one day your grandchildren living for the Lord. That's the way I see you. I mean, what kind of a low-life scumbag would I be if I wanted less for you than I wanted for myself? Let me repeat that. What kind of a low-life scumbag would I be if I wanted less for you than I wanted for me? I want you to have everything I've had and more. Because we had to learn a lot of this in real time as the decades rolled along. Here's a young man. You're still in your 20s, right? Oh, yeah, buddy. And, you know, he's just, he just you know, he's eating it up like ice cream. Amen. Just, you know, just, you know, hit me with the word, Pastor. Hit me with the word. Well, there's no telling how much potential a guy's got. See, if he's not resisting the word, if he's not kicking against the bricks, as the King James says, there's no telling how much potential. Two of the biggest givers in this church grew up in this church as children. Nobody handed them anything. I'm telling you. So that's my crime. I want you to be blessed. I want you to be wealthy. I confess, Your Honor, I want God's people to be wealthy. Amen? I want you to be healthy. Amen? I want you to be able to drive what you want, live where you want, vacation where you want. Now, now stop and think about what I'm saying. And I know I'm taking my time with it because I just decided I'm not rushing through this message. He's going to have me crying here in a minute. I'm just a man. I'm just a man. And that's what I want for you. I want you to live in your dream home. Whatever that is, you know, could be a hacienda type looking thing, could be, you know, some Cape Cod looking thing, could be some Texas ranch. Hey, that's all personal taste. And I'm just a man. But there's one a million times greater than me. Father God. See, if I can love you and want you to have the best, I'm just a man. We have not perceived the love of God for us. We haven't seen it. Just a few weeks ago, I just had out the front door a few weeks ago, and he said to me, out of the blue, he said to me, I'll give you a plane if you want one. I said, well, thank you very much. I said, that seems like a lot of work. You know, hangar, insurance, pilots, all of that maintenance. I said, how about this? How about I trade that and you give me phase two? Now, now, now watch it now. And he said to me, he said, well, the plane would be for you. Phase two would be for the people. I said, I know that. I know that. But I love them and I want them to have phase two. I said, how about giving me phase two instead of the plane? But that's the one I serve. Now, you may be serving the Uber God. He's not even the Uber Black God. He's just the regular Uber God. 
That may, be, that may be the one you're serving. You may be serving the hitchhiker God, but not me. Not me. I'm the one serving the, oh my gosh, riding on the heights of the, the wings of God. We have not perceived how much he loves us. Yeah, but I have this fault and I have that fault. Whenever I start thinking like that, the Lord takes me to Austin and whatever faults Austin has, I don't care. You know, he loves his wife. He loves his children. He loves the Bible. He's true to the word of God. You know, whatever habits, faults, I don't care. And the Lord says, well, that's the way I love you. You're true to me. You're true to my word. You love me. You love my word. Oh, you got this fault. You know, you run 10% overweight. You know, you got this fault. You know, you eat too many nachos. You know, you, you got, you know, you know, whatever fault you have. In other words, he loves us. You know why? Who here doesn't love their sons and their daughters? Who here does not love their sons and their daughters? And you overlook their faults. Because why? You love them. Why? Because they're your sons and they're your daughters. You love them. Well, he loves us. See, a prosperity denier is a God denier. Because, that, I mean, how could there be a God in heaven and he's worried about the budget? How could there be a God in heaven and he's worried about nickels and dimes? And the reason we got into this series, I was going to 1 John. The reason we got into this series was I was so alarmed at inflation. This week it took $151 to fill up Sue's F-150. You can't walk by the mind anymore. All that's gone. And with COVID mania, you cannot, listen, if you walk in the natural from this day to your last day, something bad's going to happen to you. You're going to have to learn how to walk by faith and not by sight. Because between the COVID mania and printing, six, uh, printing a trillion dollars every six months, man, they are going to rake this people over the coals medically and financially. But not me. Because, I, I mean, Washington's not my source. Amen. And my own brains are not my source. Amen. And even my own work ethic is not my source. My Father God is my source. I look to you, Father God. And he loves me, and he's the God of more than enough. He revealed himself to Abraham as the God of more than enough. Blessing, I will bless you. And, and surely blessing, I will bless you. And multiplying, I will multiply you. That's who we serve. Man, you got to get it right in your head. He is the God of more than enough. He's not the God to barely get by. James 1.22, but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving or deluding your own selves. James 1.22 in the NIV says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Isaiah 119, and I love this, man. Dad Hagen got me on this one. Isaiah 119, if ye be willing and obedient, ye shall, ye shall eat the good of the land. And in the living Bible, it says, if you will only let me help you, if you will only obey, then I will make you rich. And that's what all of this is about. People don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear about obedience. They don't want to hear about taking action on the word of God. Listen, 
Listen, all you need to know about American society is go out on a Saturday morning, drive by Krispy Kreme, the lot's full, the drive through is full, the place is full inside, and I'm telling you what, I mean, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. Stand there on the inside and then pull one of those donuts off the line and hand it to you. There's nothing like it. That's why I haven't been there in 30 years. So you drive by Krispy Kreme on a Saturday morning, check it out, and then drive by Life Fitness on a Saturday morning. That's church attendance. When they say, well, it doesn't matter what you do, doesn't matter who you sleep with, doesn't matter whether you give or not, doesn't matter. Well, that's Krispy Kreme. And then the Word of Faith Church where they're saying, be doers of the Word and not hearers only. Well, that's Life Fitness. It's It's delusion. It's delusion. It's delusion. Well, I have a personal revelation from the Lord. Look, I, I'm 66 years old. I've been in this for, I've been in this since 1960, and I'm here to tell you, there are words from the Lord that are spot on and will change your life. But I've heard, I don't know how many words from something, but it wasn't from the Lord. If it contradicts the Bible, you throw it out. Amen. You don't go with it. I don't care what kind of personal revelation somebody has or how famous they have. And let me tell you what, that right there, that right there is where America went off course. That right there is it. And that is being impressed with people because they're famous. You ladies, doesn't matter what some starlet in Hollywood, what kind of purse she carries. The only thing that matters is what kind of purse you carry. Who cares what they're driving? Who cares? You know, you go to the Daily Mail website. It's all about what this person's wearing and this, what person's shoes this person's wearing and what kind of purse this person's carrying and all that. The only thing that matters is what kind of shoes you got, what kind of purse you got. You think our Father God cares about what's going on in Hollywood? No, but he cares about you. Amen. He cares about your children being clothed. He cares about your children being fed. He cares about your children being educated and not brainwashed. Amen. This thing of, and we, Derek and I sat and watched a documentary on Scientology. That's where these churches got this. That's where these that's where Hillsong and these churches got this, this thing of sucking up to celebrities because Scientology has an entire department dedicated to this. It's very convenient. You know, they provide Tom Cruise's housekeeper. They provide Tom, I, man, that'd be slick, man. Why isn't somebody providing me my housekeeper in my yard? Oh my God. You know, they provide all of that. They send their little, their little dopey disciples over there to clean his house and to cut his grass and to do all that so that they have a celebrity that they can say, see, we have a, this celebrity. And that's why these Christian groups went down this same road, throwing back shots with Justin Bieber in a bar and, and being sh photographed shirtless in a hotel room in California with Justin Bieber. Look, if you live to be 1,000 years old, you are not going to see a photograph of Dr. Gene Lingerfeld sitting on a man's bed with no shirt. <laughs> It ain't going to happen, it ain't going to happen, it ain't going to happen. Because I ain't going to be there. The safety's hanging out with Pastor Sue. Why? To be thought highly of by the world. To put, as preachers say, butts in the seats 
to meet the budget. Man, I'm so old school. I've discovered, you know, the attendance is up. The attendance is down. We're almost back to pre-COVID. You know, we're only a handful short of pre-COVID. And then when we get back to pre-COVID, well, then we'll go on and grow from there. But what I've discovered is, see, and I owe one of my fathers in the faith, Dr. Lester Summerall. He said, whatever you do, whatever you, however you conduct yourself, he said, you have got to be able to sleep at night. And so that's, that's why I do what I do, man. I just stay right down the middle of the road with the Word of God. I just stay with the Word of God, whether it's popular, unpopular, no matter what Hollywood's doing or this president or that president, I just stay with the Word of God and I don't get on anybody's train because I want to be in charge of where I'm going. Amen. If I get on somebody's train, I'm not in charge of where it's going. A lot of these people got on this last train and they're still in prison over that January 6th thing. See, my solution is I'm in charge of where I'm going. I'm not getting on a train. I'm not joining a cult. I'm in charge of my life and I'm staying with the word of God. Isaiah 119, Living Bible, if you will only let me help you, if you will only obey, then I will make you rich. And verse 20 is interesting. Here we go back to the NIV, verses 19 and 20, Isaiah 1, 19 and 20 in the NIV. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the best from the land. But if you resist and rebel, you'll be devoured by the sword for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. And so there's no exception. There's no exception anywhere in the Bible. Now, if you're a part of this group that's stupid, then none of this applies to you. That, that's, there's, that's not in the Bible. If you're a part of this uh, nationality, if you're a part of this racial group, well, you, you, you can't comply. You don't have the ability to comply, so this doesn't apply to you. That's not in the Bible. This is, you know what this is? It's, it's that term God used speaking to Bud Sickler that day in prayer. That can't be the time. This, this, is, uh, this is that term God used speaking to Bud Sickler that day in prayer. Human mercy. Human mercy. How many people are being murdered in the United States of America because these George Soros-funded district attorneys won't prosecute crime? Three weeks ago, there was a guy in Dallas committed murder, committed murder in Dallas, and he got out on $1,000 bail. Now, see, the problem is then these people go out and they commit other crimes, they commit other murders. How many lives are being lost because of human mercy? Well, we feel sorry for these people. We feel sorry for this group. Well, we don't want to prosecute that. Well, now, wait a minute. How many rapes and kidnappings and murders and carjackings are going on? It's human mercy, and it kills people. I said it's human mercy, and you know what else it does? It sends people to hell. My job is not to apologize for God and my job is not to apologize for his standards and my job is not to apologize for the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. My job is to thunder it from the pulpit of Faith Christian Center. This is the way. Walk ye in it and you will save your life and you will save your family. But if you reject the word, you'll be destroyed. And the bigger risk is if you reject the word, your children might be destroyed. Amen. We're just going to stay with the word. We're going to stay with the word of God. And Pastor Gene doesn't have any pets. Tell your neighbor, Pastor doesn't have any pets. <laughs> so somebody gets off the word, they're not coming back. I am the guy. I am the guy. I am the guy. 
that fired Charles Capps because he got off on error. He got off on numerology. Yeah. Yeah, but he was a big he was a big guy on confession. He got off. Yeah, but he was friends with so and so and he was friends with so and so. <laughs> we stopped having him. And on the app, everything by Charles Capps is only on confession. We have memory hold anything he said about numerology. It just never happened. We're staying with the word. Can you, am, I, am I clear on that? Yes. Somebody gets off the, we'll, we'll pray for them. God bless them, we'll pray for them. God bless them, we'll pray for them that they'll see the light, but we're not going, we're not on the train. Amen. We're not on anybody's cult train. We're staying with the word of God, no matter what. When the son of man returns, will he find faith on the earth? Well, he will here. And he who stands firm to the end shall be saved. And others may be knuckling and bending, but we are standing. Amen. Can I get an amen? amen? Let's bow our heads. You may be here this morning and you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord and the Savior of your life individually and personally. Jesus said, John 3, you must be born again. He said in Revelation 3, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and fellowship with him. Meet with him and fellowship with him. It's up to us. See, you got to take action. This whole thing of it doesn't matter what we do is nonsense because right there, you have got to invite Jesus Christ into your life. You've got to make him the Lord and the Savior of your life. How many this morning would say, Pastor, I've never done that, but I want to this morning. I want to be saved. I want to be born again. I want to give my life to God. I want to live for God. And all this stuff that you're teaching and preaching on, I realize it's covenant stuff and it only belongs to the believers. It only belongs to the sons and daughters, and I want to be a believer. I want to be a son and a daughter of God. If that's you this morning and you want to be included in this prayer, lift a hand up so I can see where you are. We're going to pray. Pastor, that's me. Pray for me. How many this morning would say, well, Pastor, I'm, I'm away from God. I'm backslidden. I used to live for the Lord, but I haven't been living for the Lord in recent times. The word says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. See, there's another example. You have to confess. You got to take action. You got to do something. It doesn't just happen automatically to everybody. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. How many this morning would say, Pastor, that's me. I'm away from God. I'm not living for the Lord like I know I should. Pray for me because I want to recommit my life to God through the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to make it right and I want to live for him from this day to my last day. If that's you this morning, wherever you are, lift a hand up, lift it up high enough to where I can see it. We're going to pray. Yes, yes. How many others this morning? Everybody in the room, let's stand. We want to give opportunity, make room for people to get out of their seats and come and join us here at the front. If you raise your hand for either invitation, I want you to grab your purse. If you're a lady, grab your stuff, your belongings. I don't want your mind on your stuff. I want your mind on what the Lord is going to do for you and in your life this morning. And if you did not raise your hand, but if God is dealing with your heart, I want you to step boldly into the aisle and join me here at the front. Yeah, boldly. Yes, thank you. God bless you right there. Boldly. Amen, because, listen, if the world is as bold as they are for their insanity, we can be that bold for the Lord Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen? Amen. 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 Others, you're welcome to come. 
For the sake of these two that have come and others who may be making their way to the front and for the sake of those watching online who want to give their lives to Jesus or recommit their lives to Christ, everybody in the room, let's pray this prayer out loud together. Let's pray it. Father God, I give you my life. Time's gone by. I've gone my own way. I've done my own thing. And I've lived for self. But today I turn my life around. And I give you my life. I believe in my heart. Father God, you raised Jesus from the dead. And I confess with my mouth, Jesus is Lord. And I thank you, Father God, for not rejecting me but for receiving me unto yourself and into your family. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now, let me give me your hand. Now, listen to me. God loves you. He doesn't love me any more than he loves you. And if you will let him, if you will let him, the Bible says he restores the years the locusts have eaten. So whatever Satan has stolen from you or taken from you, if you will let him, he's wonderful and he loves you and he'll make it up to you. Hallelujah. If you'd go with Mr. Jeff Hughes, we'll get you right back in the service. We want to put a book in your hands. Let's give God thanksgiving for them. Hallelujah. <laughs> Say, Maranatha, Lord Jesus. What does that mean? That's Greek. What does that mean? Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Because they're getting nuttier every minute. Amen. Thank you for listening to this life-changing message. To partner with us and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel, visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com. Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, Pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that simple prayer, you are born again and today is a new beginning. We would like to send you a copy of Dr. Jean Lingerfeld's book, God's Very Own Child. To receive your free copy, call the church office at 817-561-3400 or send an email to info at faithchristiancenter.com. Remember to put God first in every area of your life because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And don't forget, we walk by faith, not by sight.